Hey there, spookies, and welcome to another episode of Humanizing Horror with your host, Dio Holmes. Should I just say an episode? Because it's been a while, right? I took a took a little sabbatical when I, when I went. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. I mean, I did. I went to Mississippi uh, for a little bit, and, and now I'm back, and uh, now I'm recording. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about stuff because a couple of things have happened. Uh, several things have happened, actually. Uh, like, almost none of which I'm actually gonna mention in this episode, but, uh, in the episode, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about some stuff, uh, we're gonna talk about things, you know, we usually do, we usually talk about stuff and things, but, uh, (laughs) more importantly, uh, we're gonna talk about the theme, which is mostly themes, and, and just some things that came up, uh, I was recently featured on a podcast, uh, Strange and Wonderful with Cordy and Michael, it was fantastic, great conversation, go watch, it's on YouTube, um, and, uh, you know, it, it it sparked it sparked, you know, a conversation in me, uh, and I wanna I wanna wanna go ahead and take that, and uh, turn that into a little discussion. And I wanna have that with all of you, cause uh, I miss you guys and I love you and and I hope you're well and and now you're here and you're you're in your car on the way to work or you're you snuggled up in bed with your little your little Dio home shrine with, with you know stranded and sight through smell on it and maybe like a I don't know a gym towel that I left behind somewhere and couldn't find because you had put it in your little backpack and you know a little little sea salt scented candles and uh yeah so uh I'm gonna take a short break here I'm gonna pretend like nothing I just said was weird and uh we're gonna jump right in okay all right all right so here we go humanizing horror episode 13 and you know what would have been perfect for this if I finally gave you guys that episode of Friday the 13th part 7 Jason Takes Manhattan but I didn't. I've been teasing it. And here's the truth. I have so much to say about that movie. And I try to keep these episodes at or under 30 minutes. And the reason why is because I want to take up your entire lunch break. <laughs> no, the reason why, I don't know, it just, it, it feels good. Uh, I've had, you know, back when this was just Deal Holmes Presents and I was telling stories, you know. Some episodes were short, some episodes were long. And we just kind of vibe with whatever came out. And uh, now... I wanted to, you know, kind of stick to a format and just have, have a little chat with y'all, maybe expand your mind, you know, humanize horror, which is, you know, the title of the, uh, the cast, and to do that, you know, I feel like this is a nice little, you know, enough times, like a, like a, an episode of your favorite show, you know, episodic, you know, you tune in every Sunday, and you, you'll learn something, hopefully, so 30 minutes seems good, and um, I could probably talk about that movie for the length of it and beyond, so... Really pinning down my thoughts on exactly what I want to share with you on why this is my favorite uh, entry in the Friday the 13th franchise. And that's mostly what I'm going to talk about when I get to that episode. And surprisingly, it has nothing to do, or maybe unsurprisingly, like, y'all, y'all listeners like to tell me how I occasionally ramble. I don't think these are ramblings. I think that these are truths that seem at first to not align with what you think the theme is, but I know what the theme is. And let's take you on a little journey getting back to it. So give you a little aha at the end of the episode. So, you know, but anyway, uh, doesn't necessarily have to do with what's in the movie, but, uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the episode. So, as I said, recently, I had the opportunity to be on the Strange and Wonderful podcast with Courtney and Michael, two great humans. Uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, we talked about stuff, mostly they asked me questions, uh, just, you know, kind of, you know, one of the big ones they asked was, what do I find strange and wonderful about myself, and I think it's just, you know, as I've said here several times, it's my interest in the genre, and I've, I've gone through, you know, my, my, my origin story and what brought me here and various other things, but 
I think in thinking about that question, what was great about that was Courtney, right? And Michael, because Michael came from the perspective that this wasn't necessarily his bag, you know, this isn't necessarily his genre, his field, um, nor many of the things that come about and a lot of things relating to a lot of the hosts that Courtney brings on, but he gains a new respect and appreciation for it. And that's something that I try to do with this podcast is, you know, maybe you're not coming into this as like, you know, super big horror fan. Maybe you haven't seen, you know, every B movie that family video had up and down the aisles uh, in the early 2000s. But you can come away from it from perspective based on something from a movie that you have seen or a book you've read or just some life experiences and you... You get some grounding and understanding and maybe the next time you're on Netflix and you go by the uh, the horror section, you'll press play on something instead of just skipping over it because you don't think the genre is of your interest. And that's really what I try to do, but what I did was Courtney, and here's why. Uh, I happen to have worked, like, next to this human uh, a few years ago, and here's the thing about this genre. You never really, you, you can say you do, but you never really know uh, you're a horror fan. There's just this excitement when you do. Like, I've, I've said several times, especially in relating to things like, uh, like the kink community or so that you, you can kind of smell your own kind. But when it comes to, say, like, the horror genre, it's a little different because there's not necessarily a solid look, uh, for a horror fan. Like, you've got, obviously, like, your super album prouds. Um, they're gonna have horror tattoos. Um, they're gonna be wearing horror merch, which you'll see me in <laughs> a lot. Um... But, you know, you, you never really know. And even still, like, they could just be a fan of that one thing, right? You know, what's that meme about the girl that wears the band shirts? Like, I've got Scream shirts, but I could just be a fan of, of, of the Scream series. Or I could just be a fan of Wes Craven um, and love all of his movies and not necessarily like horror. And that's that's fine. Like, I think, like, there's nothing wrong with being super genre-specific. I know people that, like, are just into supernatural horror. And they, they would never look at, say, like, a slasher or, like, an intense, deep psychological thriller or, like, a sci-fi horror movie. Because it's just like, no, but like, you, you put a paranormal activity on it, they will watch all of them. Um, and and I'm, I am one of those freaks. I really am. Because like, I have this thing with Succession, like, ever since, I, I've known it since I was a child. Could not watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom without running back and watching the first Indiana Jones movie and then watching The Last Crusade. Um, the reason why I won't do that now is because you know why. You know why. Okay? Fridge. Nuclear. It, mm. Nah, nah, but, you know, whatever. I try to avoid that because, you know, and, and those of you who know me know my thoughts on the last Star Wars movie. Um, and if you don't, Kylo Ren should have always been a more focal point of that movie. I think that was complete BS the way they played it out. I'm not spoiler alert here, but it just, the ending, mm, I have never felt recently bigger burnout from a series than I did from Star Wars after watching the last movie and we're just gonna leave it there actually we're gonna finesse that a little bit more have i watched the bad batch nope have i watched kenobi nope i fucking love star wars but i'm just i'm so tired i'm tired of them not having faith in their own story and i'm just gonna leave it there now because i want to move on so what am i talking about to you here we talked about you know talked about you know Courtney, not knowing your own kind, but anyway, Courtney loves his genre, and here's the thing, something that you may or may not know, if you don't already listen to Strange Water Podcast, or you don't know Courtney, no, I'm not saying her last name, I'm not putting her information out there, um, but they happen 
to be a fan of a movie that I was almost convinced that I was the only motherfucker that's ever seen people that are fans of D. Snyder, you know, excluded from that. And that is Strangeland. I rented that movie with my childhood friend Tanuta when I was a kid. It was he rented it simply because he was a Twisted Sister fan and he loved D. Snyder. And I rented it because of the cover. It had a picture on the cover, a woman whose mouth was sewn shut. And uh let's see if my memory serves, there's this old movie. It's called Sleep Stalker, and it was about a convict that was killing families. And this this weird guy just appears in the cell, gives him like this cross. Um, he stabs himself, turns basically he turns into the Sandman, and it's got this really deep dark storyline to it. But he had his li- he had these scars over his mouth. His lips were so shut. And I've been like fascinated with that ever since. Like if there's a horror, there's little niches that I like. Little little well, I'm gonna be weird. Little Little, little spots of torture. Certain, there's certain things that can get me to watch a film. If there's, if there's promise of something happening to it, I don't know why, but the idea of somebody's mouth being sewn shut, right? Because when you think of a horror movie, when you think of a jump scare, you think of those screaming moments, right? But what happens when your victim can't scream? And there's something about that has always fascinated me. Look, you're here. You know I'm fucking weird. Don't be surprised. Swallow that shit. Let's keep going. So... Anyway, I'm recording. Find out she's obsessed with this fucking movie. Instant bondage to a certain extent. We barely talk. When I say bondage, I mean, like, just like, shh, just kinship. Because, like, this movie is fucking great. I love this movie. It is so quotable. If you've seen it, then you know what I mean when I say, ah, oh, what a rush. It's great. It's great. If you haven't seen Strangeland, fucking watch it. Uh, and... You know, I wasn't a big Twisted Sister fan, and I don't think I really, you know, cared much about who D. Snyder was. Uh, but after this movie, yeah, I was a fan. I was a kid. I was like, all right, this guy's cool. <laughs> I like this guy. Whatever. Um, and I like this movie. And I like the concept and idea behind it. And I bring that up because it could be something that small. And that's one of the things, like I said, I love about this genre is that this is this movie that, like, I could go into detail about and, like, I just did about, you know, someone's mouth being sewn shut. And it's like, uh, what the hell? Get away from me, weirdo. You're sick. But then, like, there's this person that works in a clothing boutique next door to me that also likes this movie. I'm like, oh, man, that's fucking cool. I'm not such a fucking freak. Or at least if I am, there's another fucking freak out here. So, like, you know, freaks united. And I always think that's cool. And that's something about this genre that I like and... I've had an episode before where I talked about, like, the um, gothic subculture and how it is a music-based subculture and the music has certain themes and elements in it. And, yes, listening to the music is what makes you goth. Not the way you dress, not the way you look, but listening to the music, the bonding, the kinship. And so, when you think about a horror fan, that speaks volumes and good because, like, there's so many things about horror. There's so many aspects to the genre um, there's so many things to like about it, so many subgenres, but it really does like kind of come down to like what your general interest is, and like, do you like supernatural horror? Do you like slashes? What it is, but it could be w- many things because like I've seen so many horror movies, like so many, and Strangeland is just one of those like random like rentals I got, and uh, it's got so many different themes, and like it's like that alone can open up so many discussion points like yeah you're just like hey 
we're homies now because you've seen this weird fucking movie that like most people have like, never heard of. You know, again, of course, Twisted Sister and D. Snyder Friends excluded. So, what's the theme of this episode, right? Because I know you're probably looking at the title and going like, what the fuck? What are we about to get to? All right. Here it is. Moving away from that. Because I feel like if you go and listen to the Strange and Wonderful podcast and you see some of the hosts and everything on there and listen to some of the discussions, uh, you're going to instantly understand where the fuck I'm going. But for those of you who have not, for those of you who have not read my writing, and for those of you who may not know exactly uh, what the skinny of what I'm about to say is, we're going to talk about something that I've joked about and spoken on sparingly and everything. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about love in this episode. We're going to talk about love and how it relates to the horror genre. Here's why. So this evening, a friend of mine, we're going to call him Joe. It's weird because that's actually his actual fucking name. His name is Joe. I don't know why I said that like that. Uh, Joe hit me up and uh, I, I think most of you remember him. He literally asked me for a list of rom-com anime with happy endings. And he said, you can't tell me you don't watch rom-coms. And I'm like, I don't know why you decided to call me out. I'm not mad about it. Give me a moment. And then I had a moment. He texted me this while I was in the shower. And I was like, boom. And normally when someone says something, I just rattle shit off. I'm that nerd. If you tell me, you're like, Pfft. Deep psychological thriller, medical shit. I'm like, bam, mortuary, pathology. Go watch those. Come back. Tell me what you think. We can go into different subgenres. However, I found myself going through my Rolodex of anime, going through my big mental box of anime in my head, thinking about all the anime that I have on shelves in my living room. And I realized that I don't watch a lot of romance anything that has a happy fucking ending. And I was, I was like, huh. And, you know, I had this whole moment of self-reflection, and I was kind of like, uh, maybe I had a miniature existential crisis. It's not my fault. I was in the shower when it happened, and that's where everybody has existential crisis at, right? Like, so I thought about that, and, you know, I put a pin in that, and he actually ended up suggesting some stuff for me to watch. But I've spoken before about how I've found true romance and true romantic themes more so in horror movies than I have in most romantic plays or romantic comedies and I've come to accept certain themes and everything uh based on life because of how they're presented uh in a in that mirror kind of way that life imitates art art imitates life I think it's because there's no Disney filter right there's no like this is how things should be and this is what I should attain to and there's gonna be music and singing and blah 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 like no bad stuff still happens like here's the thing if you watch a horror movie if an unlikely couple gets together, like the kid from the wrong side of the tracks and like the weird nerd girl, um, if they get together at the end and kind of have what seems like a happily ever after, their friends still got murdered. They're both still probably going to have to go to therapy or they're cursed or one of them is a werewolf. You know, there's still there's still something about that that comes out of it. And when you really think about it, the thing that you mostly see uh, when you get to that ending is it really puts shit in perspective. How many, I can think of so many horror movies that I've watched where infidelity played a play, right? And a, a long time ago, I learned a hard lesson way, way younger than I should have. But I'm not saying like I went through some like teenage drama. I did. <laughs> but I mean like my father sat down and he told me a hard lesson. And it was so simple. He literally looked at me and said, son, any relationship... No matter what happens, there's only one thing that you need to do. 
whether it's infidelity, money issues, or anything, you ask yourself a question. Do I want to stay? And if you decide that the answer is yes, then whatever the fuck needs to happen to make that work, you do that. You try. 150%. You be honest with yourself. You be honest with your partner. And you make it work. Because that's what you decided to do. And if the answer is no, you just leave it what you came with. Nothing more, nothing less. Simple, right? Simple thing that nobody ever fucking does. But it was so simple because I've seen in so many movies where Chet will cheap on Barbara with a cheerleader and everything. But you know what? When that axe murderer is running around trying to kill their friends and everything, does that matter? No. I love you. Then why did you do this? I don't know. For this reason. And they have a, they have a conversation about it. It doesn't take an hour of like crazy hijinks for them not to end up together because, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds uh, is, is shaved and looking cute. And like maybe they awkwardly fall into something with Jason Biggs. I've created a movie from like six separate movies. If you know them, I'll give you bonus points, um, which go towards nothing. Uh, it's kind of reads the way, but at the end, it's just kind of like, hey, I want to be with you. You want to be with me. And it's weird because, like, when you look elsewhere and in society of health, if you look on Twitter, there's so many conversations that people think are necessary that really aren't. Um, if I relate this directly and scarcely to horror, right? If you're there, you're in it, and, like, five of your friends have been murdered because some supernatural juggernaut with, like, I don't know, a meat cleaver is levitating around and hanging you guys from the exact same height in the building to bring back, you know, Balthazar to, you know, ravage the lands and everything. The only thing that character asks themselves is if they want to survive. Are there other questions? Are there other things? Why is this happening? How is this happening? What do I need to do? Yes. Do I want to survive? And at that point, that character does anything they can to do so. And they do it. And that ends up being the thing that matters, that they lift. That's it. And that is, like, really pure and honest because people feel a lot of feelings. Nothing's ever black and white, right? But when it comes to making a decision, weighing the scales, balancing the scales, weighing in those factors, like, people always say, make yourself the protagonist in your own life. Live your own romance. I think... Honestly, the best way to go about it is to live your life like it's a horror movie. Decide if you want to survive, whatever you're going through. And if you do, do everything you can to make that happen, make that work. And sometimes what you're going to do is going to surprise you. It's going to go against everything you believe. It's going to go against everything about yourself that you thought you were. And the only thing when you're done with all of that that's going to matter is that you got through it. It's that you survived is that you, you know, got to the end. How does this relate to love? Not clear yet. I feel like it shouldn't be. I feel like I was being really blunt honest, but okay. And how does this relate to the Strange and Wonderful podcast? What about me makes me strange and wonderful? The unique perspective that I've gotten from being in this genre and growing up. So when I was younger and everybody was all like, oh my God, whoever they thought was beautiful, I don't know. I remember, you know, I, I thought about, like, the lady from Hellraiser and her, you know, pale blue skin and those wires in her neck and her husky, deep voice. And then ever since then, I had a thing for jazz singers, you know, and, you know, the rest is history. And it just, it, it shaped me and it changed me because there's things that, I don't know, like, people impose uh, beauty 
standards or your thoughts, and everybody has them, like what people think is beautiful and acceptable and right. And it takes away a certain sense of uniqueness, especially with how people so very much and very desperately want their ideas and thoughts and feelings to be accepted by people that have nothing to do with their happiness. Like, states of confusion in a relationship uh, of any kind. I remember, like, years ago, I was involved with somebody, and they, they introduced a phrase to me, DTR, define their relationship, because other people were saying DTR to them. But the thing was, the title doesn't make the relationship not there. Like, you have the relationship. Like, I have defined relationships that I've been in with people literally by the actions of who we are. Um, it's just a long sentence. I hate the phrase, like, boyfriend, girlfriend. I would much rather call this person the person that comes over at 7 o'clock at night with two bowls of ramen and, like, six movies for us to watch in the middle of the night while we cuddle under a blanket, strangely, because it's Louisiana and there's, like, a fan blowing or whatever. Whatever long sentence. Like, that's what you are. That's who you are. That's what it is. And as long as you and that person have decided that that's what it is and that's literally all that matters, but... There's like this weird box when you leave that headspace and everybody tries to like put something in this box. It has absolutely nothing to do with them. Like, I'm literally recording in my studio and there's this image of Baphomet. And I remember once somebody told me, actually several people told me that this image used to frighten them when they were younger. And it's weird because to me, the, the image of Baphomet has always represented a, a, a source, like a type of freedom, almost. Um, whenever I used to think of goats as a child, they frolicked. Like, that was just, you always saw goats, they were frolicking, they were happy. You know, I didn't know uh, anything about euros then, so like, <laughs> I didn't know where that meat came from. So like, to me, they were just happy, happy little pasture uh, critters, and they made cute noises, and they always looked adorable. Um, they were they were fluffy, and then you have the rest of it, which is the image of man, and that is attached to it. And when you think about this this humanized visage that has the form of this frolicking soft creature, um, there's a freedom to that because um, not even talking about like the societal imposement on men or women, but there's almost this like this push to not be soft. Like, don't be soft. Be hard. Don't be kind. Don't be taken for a fool. And I think that's the worst way to live your life. Be foolish. Be taken for a fool. Be played. Does that sound weird? Like, I don't think it should. Because I think that's you taking risk. And here I was like, learn from your mistakes. Learn from it. Like, no. Like, <laughs> yes, of course, learn from the mistakes that you make. But... Don't let it harden you. Stay soft. I was taking some pictures earlier uh, to promote some stuff that uh, none of you will ever see. And uh, it made me think back to when I was younger and I wanted to be a model and what motivated me to want to be a model. And I remember I actually had met with some photographers right when I turned 18. And every person that ever put me in front of a camera around that age wanted to change my image. They wanted to show a roughness, a hardness, a, a firm stance of masculinity. And I remember when I was alone, when I thought about me being in front of a camera, um, 
everything I wanted to display. Eddie thought that the word I would attach to it was softness. I wanted to 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 bring uh, comfort. I wanted it to seem inviting. I wanted to seem approachable and touchable. If I was going to display a sense of beauty, I wanted it to be something that people felt like they could reach out and touch. Like, you know, a goat. A soft, frolicky goat. A pasture. And um, that's not something that you would, I guess, think to attach to the horror genre. But, like, look at all the dark things. Look at, look at all... I feel like there's a softness to almost everything. Like, when you think about Jason... Because, you know, this is the 13th episode. It's a Friday the 13th. When you think about Jason... He wears a hockey mask. It's become something to be fearful. But what is what is the hockey mask that he wears? It's a goalie mask. And the goalie is there to protect the goal. He keeps the puck from going in. He keeps the other team from scoring. He's like your safety net. That's your guy. Freddy Krueger, renegade sweater. Comfy. How many of y'all are out there trying to steal your boyfriend's sweaters right now? Because they're comfy, right? Right. Chucky, doll. It's a big old stuffy. You sleep with him. You sniff his hair. Scary things are soft. And that's a juxtaposition, but only when you compare it to what you feel like things should be and not look at what they are. Um, I think that moving through life and really coming to peace to terms with things is really flipping on the head what every definition to everything you've ever learned is and figuring out what that means to you like what is a relationship what is a relationship with yourself what is a relationship with other people uh what is beautiful what is interesting and not attaching it to what you feel other people will find weird or off-putting or or strange you know Taking taking power away from some words and uh, giving strength to others. I recently had a conflict resolution thing. It was related to, to business and someone was like feeling uh, not really accepted in the situation. I was trying to, uh, you know, make them feel comfortable. I remember the word they kept saying was weird. Said, Everyone here is weird. Y'all are all weird. And it's it kept hitting kept hitting like somebody was throwing uh small bits of dough at me and it's like I feel like this should feel worse than it does but it didn't because like I like being weird being weird means that I am not like other people who most times don't really seem all that nice and so someone calling me weird means that I'm I'm nice, I'm soft, I'm understanding, I'm accepting of things that are different from me. That's what weird means to me. Weird means that I'm more tolerable, that I'm more accepting, that I'm more patient than those people. And those are compliments, and weird means all of that. Um, love to me, by basic definition, a deep fondness or care. I care about everybody, even people I don't like. I still care about them, and that makes me weird, and I'm fine with that. It's a good thing to me. 
it's not a good thing to maybe millions of people that I've met or spoken to or know and will meet at some point in my life. And I don't care because I don't care to be in that box with those miserable people that keep making themselves miserable because they don't know how to do anything else. So on the podcast that I was graciously, and thank you again, Michael and Courtney, invited you, the first question they asked me is what makes me strange and wonderful. And strange, I love that word. As you know, I am the co-author to the seemingly strange and unusual tale series. And wonderful is just, uh, I love that word. My high school sweetheart used to call me Wonder Boy. I don't know why. Um, I guess because they liked me or something. And I guess that's what I guess it comes with the title. Um, wonder is such a great word. Because it, it, it's like, you know, it's, a sense of wonder is something that I hope uh, that me and no one ever uses. People talk about like, oh, you lose your innocence or you lose your... You're, you know, naivety. No, it's, I think it's when you, you lose your sense of wonder, when nothing, uh, when nothing mystifies you anymore, that you've really, you've really been kind of like run over, like you've really, you've really lost it. You, I think, I think if you lose your sense of wonder, you've lost your ability to fall in love. I think, I think people should find something to fall in love with. I know every day is hard, maybe every week. Fall in love with a new sound, a new taste. Fall in love with a new method of torture that you see on screen. Get on Tubi and just click some of these like crazy ass movies. I saw some stuff recently uh, that I think I'm gonna make a whole episode about. Favorite horror movie deaths? Want that episode? Make that the question this week. What's your favorite horror movie death? I want to know. I want to know what you all saw that just made you go, "Oh wow!" This one, not so like over the top, but I remember when I first saw it. See No Evil with uh, the wrestler Kane. Death by cell phone. That was fucking neat. It was rent-free in my head all the time. Uh, most things that have anything to do with a surgical tool of some sort, yeah, fucks me right up. So, you know, there it is. So, now you know what the theme is. What I mean, um, be yourself. And being yourself means, like, not, not, not being attached to anything that anyone's given you or anything that you feel like or think should be there. Um, be the person that you are in the shower alone when you're having an existential crisis about realizing that there's not too many anime that you've seen that are considered to be rom-coms that have happy endings. Be that person. That person is great. I love that person. You should too. Anyway, uh... You guys can still, like, super support me. Like, that would be great. I, I'd like that. <laughs> um, if you guys like listening to me talk about things, uh, it's as low as, like, 99 cents a month. Like, you, you won't notice it's missing, but I will definitely notice it's there. Um, it mostly goes to me renting movies because sometimes I get impatient and I want to watch stuff that isn't free. And, uh, yeah, and hopefully this makes this thing better because I just have more and more stuff to talk about. And, like I said, I've seen a lot of movies and I've read a lot of books, so I'm never really going to not have something to talk about. But it'd be cool if I talked about something that maybe you liked. And, uh, yeah, so thank you. Uh, And in everything you do, you know, I believe in you. And uh, take care. Till next week.